Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Company. All right, here we go to Thursday. Silver 7's is the spot. Willie Ramirez is the company back in the Finley Toyota Studios. It's Ari. Thursday night football is on the way. Football team is playing. You know, we sound stupid, right? Football team against the New York Giants. We'll get into that throughout the show. We really go deep diving into college football today with both Michael Felder from Stadium and Brad Powers. Brad Powers, sports.com on the gambling angles. What's going on, Willie? What's going on, my friend? Got a, got a, got a big weekend for uh, UNLV football here. Uh, no doubt. Speaking about college football. Yep. We'll get into that in just a couple minutes. So let's do it. It's Trending at 2, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. I actually wanted to mention baseball real quick because the Reds wind up beating the Pirates today, one nothing in an afternoon tilt. So the Reds are actually basically in a dead heat with the Padres. They've got two games in hand. So I guess the Padres technically would be ahead. Boy, the amazing thing, though, with what's going on in the National League, as the Reds and the Padres and the Cardinals battle for the second wild card spot, yeah. is the Dodgers are probably going to win, what, 102 games or more? They're, they have a 17-game lead on the Cardinals, but because of this goofy baseball setup, there's going to be years where there's two awesome teams in one division, right. and one of them doesn't win the division, Willie, and then has to battle a team that has, like, 85 wins – just to freaking get in. Yeah. The Dodgers, uh, well, they're sitting on 94, and they've clinched a playoff spot. And as you said, 17 games up. And they've, they're have they back on track. They were struggling there for a little bit. But uh, the Padres have fallen off. And then the Reds surged at one point. But now they've lost 7 of 10. And then here come the Cardinals. They've won 7 of – they won 5 in a row, 7 of 10. But going back 8 games to, like – September 8th, basically entering the second week of this month, their pitching staff's been phenomenal. 2.43 ERA over the last eight games, uh, allowing 23 runs. It's less than three per game. And um, it's really just been carrying them at this point. And now all of a sudden it looks like, you know, because this, this time of the year in baseball, it's always that team – there's always those teams that hit a low, and there's always those teams that catch fire. How many times have you? do you remember, you know, especially from the American League East, we always see it with those teams, the Red Sox, the Yankees, which team in the begin, first two months you say, wow, that powerhouse, and then all of a sudden they make a strong push. This year it's in the National League where these late-season pushes are coming from. But it'll be interesting to see because the Dodgers' Achilles heel is against teams with – stellar uh, pitching that can counter that lineup and if the cardinals keep this up in a one-game playoff as you said a team with 100 and however many wins could face elimination or and, and might be eliminated just off one game if cardinals put their best foot forward you know and they can clinch and they can pull for far enough ahead of the reds or the padres clinch save their best guy um you know the cardinals could be, find themselves in in the in the divisional round. Saw some incredible odds outside of the market on make-miss the playoffs in Major League Baseball going over to the American League. You know, the Yankees, 
Red Sox and Blue Jays because the Blue Jays have come on. They're hot as hell. The Yankees haven't been very good. So they're in a uh, a three-team tie, again, two games in hand for the Red Sox. Make the playoffs. This is a weird one. Only There's only two slots, right? They're not going to win the division. Yankees make minus 240. Red Sox make minus 195. Blue Jays make minus 190. What? All minuses. And, like, rich minuses. Only two can make the playoffs. Yeah. And, and right now, as of going into <laughs> Who's tonight, betting this? Going in tonight, all three are tied. Um, and as of right now, the hottest team is the Blue Jays. They've won 8 of 10. And uh, where the Cardinals are, are, are rolling because of their pitching, you look at the Blue Jays lineup. They are plus 175 run differential for the season, which is like fourth best in the league. And I believe it's second best behind the Astros in the American League. That team right now, uh, as far as his batting average is concerned, um, and, and the entire offense and what it's producing is right there with the Astros. And coming down the stretch could be the most dangerous team overall. Forget about it in the one-game playoff. No matter who it faces, you got the hot bats now. You get into a divisional round. In a slugfest of an American League, that's a, that's a dangerous team. That's a dangerous, dangerous team, especially for what it's done in the last couple of weeks. You look at you look at the complexion of that schedule and what it's done. Um, the Blue Jays can be can be be uh, go on a tear here and find itself in the in the championship series. Another massive football weekend on the way in Vegas, as far as Allegiant goes. There'll be a big crowd for UNLV and Iowa State. Uh, Twenty thousand plus Iowans expected to be coming out here. Uh, they're going to be facing a real good running back in in Brees Hall on the Cyclone side. By the way, I saw the video you sent over of the Dodger Stadium security team. Sign a couple of those guys to play linebacker behind. Uh, yeah, you know Jacoby Winman and uh, and Austin Ajake. My God, the tackling of the security team at Dodger Stadium. They were beautiful on. technique. They were on it, right? Now they weren't exactly going against Brees Hall, though. Well, no, but <laughs> they they knew how to uh, converge. That's for sure. And. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting, you know. The, the the running game is one thing, but I'm really intrigued to watch Brock Purdy because I watched him his junior to senior year out here at Heritage Park in the seven on seven competition. And in that seven same seven on seven competition were the likes of uh, Justin Fields and Dorian Thompson Robinson. A lot of, a lot of the names that are either in the NFL or hitting their junior senior year. Uh, Brevin Jordan was representing the Gorman squad. Um, there were there were uh, JT Daniels was out there, Amon Ross St. Brown. Those guys were all here. Brock Purdy was in the mix of it and led the team from Arizona. I think it was called the Tucson Turf to the seven on seven championship. It was the national championship. They they have back to back, and of course the different sponsorships have the different national championships. One, one week it was the Tucson Turf. The next year, the next week, it happened to be a local team that won the All American Pride, led by. Can you know Blad, Dixie State quarterback? Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see Brock Purdy. I, I'd done some write-ups on a lot of the guys. He was one of them for uh, USA Today at the time, and uh, that is an intriguing offense because of the fact that it struggled to get off the ground here in the first two weeks of the season against Northern Iowa and Iowa, one and one coming in, drops out of the top ten, now ranked 14th in the nation. Just did a a uh, quick capsule 
on that team for the uh, for the Associated Press. I'm going to be writing up a preview later on today. But um, you know, and against UNLV's defense, which we, you know, it, it looks improved, but it's nevertheless it's failed down the stretch. Um, those first half betters out there. You know, Iowa State has been absolutely impressive in the second half. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a, we're going to be talking about this game throughout the show, and I'm going to have a, a stat for you later to chew on. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, if I'm going to be down here as the company, we discussed possibly at Silver Shepherds. I think every Thursday I'm going to have a little action that I hope to cash in. Let's just say that I may or may not like UNLV in the first half. <laughs> Don't give it away. Don't give it away. A uh, very cool thing they put together with uh, Marcus Arroyo, the administration, uh, their partners at Learfield, and the folks at MGM. You know, it's a weird situation, Willie, at Allegiant Stadium where UNLV's prices are not the Raiders' prices. Raiders, you know, a lot of the people are walking in there for 150 200 you know, 500 700 bucks. They already paid these, you know, crazy PSL numbers. I mean, the parking prices are still exorbitant for those folks, but, you know, swallowing – a $90 parking fee when you're paying 200 to get in, I guess you can deal with it. Well, when UNLV tickets are 33 60 they're higher than that in other spots. And then you cozy up to the stadium, and they're like, hey, yeah, it's 75 to 100 to get near the stadium. It's like, what? I mean, you want to do everything you can with a program that isn't winning consistently to make sure people come out, that they're not turned off by something little. So they actually put something together I thought was pretty cool. Uh, they're going to have uh, a lot right near the Luxor where you can park for just $10 and then walk across Hacienda. So that is a good solution. Yep. So that's, uh, that's up and running for this game against Iowa State, which is going to have a, a, a massive, uh, massive attendance. And you can use uh, parkmobile.io to purchase. And then the code from there is MGMUNLVFB. And for those of you listening, don't feel too turned off by the word walk because the media parking lot, if you don't catch the shuttle, it's, it's a jaunt. The other night after the Raiders-Ravens game, that shuttle was nowhere to be found. Uh-oh. And myself and, the, and uh, our good friends over at Five, Bollinger and, and Sapienza and, and Robbie, we were huffing it. Big Robbie! We were huffing it. We made it over to the parking lot. Was Robbie carrying the camera, too? He's always got that camera. He's got the wagon. Oh, he does have a wagon. That's he good. Had, he had the wagon. Now, here's the crazy thing. We, 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 arrive, we happen to get there at the same time, too. So we're in our, in our lot parking you know in our in our media parking you come out this little sliding gate and the side street is where the shuttle picks you up well i look up and there's a shuttle in the parking lot of the hotel that's adjacent to the parking lot and i remember from the arizona byu game the shuttle driver had said just look for the bus with the big word american Filled in with the American flag. That's the media shuttle bus. Okay, great. So I saw that. So we all jump on there. Come to find out, that parking lot's not just media. It's certain capacity of whatever, whatever the employees, not all the employees of Allegiant, but there's a certain role that, that certain employees play. They get dropped off. They, they get picked up there. They dropped us off a block up behind another parking lot across from Allegiant, not in where they were dropping the media off. So I didn't realize that. Not a lot of us didn't. So Robbie, Vin, all you know, a bunch of us, we ended up, we ended up just as far as we uh, we didn't even need to take the dang shuttle. So so we were walking it. So we walked to Allegiant uh, for the game, and we walked to our cars after. So that ten dollar deal, not too bad. 
It's not a bad walk. Don't worry about it. Plus, you never know what you may see. I think we may be covering this, but uh, you never know who's going to be under center for UNLV, so it might be worth it to get out there and check out this game. Yeah, we'll get to the uh, latest on Doug Brumfield and Justin Rogers and Cameron Freel and Tate Martell. Uh, line right now for Thursday Night Football here at the William Hill Racing Sportsbook at Silver 7s is the football team minus 3.5. The total is a very low 40.5. But on the way back at Silver 7s, we're going to turn our attention to the latest with the Raiders and the injury situation. Looks like a new backup quarterback is going to be in the fold behind Derek Carr, and we'll get Willie's take on the vibes around Max Crosby right now. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Two. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all-time lows. Now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Are you serious? Don't share. Don't share. Are you serious? We got to be legendary. Are you serious? Listen, we got the opportunity to do something great. Oh, I, I, I think I know that. We have the opportunity. I know that. We got to make it. You're doing it. Back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. All right, let's get into some Raider updates with Willie Ramirez. We're hanging out here. Silver 7, 77-cent beers. That's every NFL game. Once the game starts, Bud, Bud Light, McUltra, bottle 77 cents. All right, first of all, we know about McCoy at the beginning of the week. We know about Denzel Good being down for the season. We saw the Mariota package come in. Work 31 yards, right? Big run, first down. Then he's all kind of groggy, you know, maybe limping a little bit when he gets up. So what's the latest on Marcus Mariota? Raiders going to be without him for a while? Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be out for a little bit. He has not participated uh, with a quad injury. Sounds like they're going to be missing him for a couple of weeks. And, and, and now it's come down. You got McCoy on the injured reserve. Um, you got Denzel Good on the injured reserve. And they just look – I tell you what, this – List is so long, Steve. It's, I mean, Josh Jacobs wasn't seen today at practice, nursing that uh, toe injury. Um, I mean, it's just it, it's it's a it's a laundry list. It's incredible how how ma- how many Raiders are listed on here, and it doesn't necessarily mean. I mean, they have to put them on there. There were a lot that practice, you know, that participated, but the ones that did not. It's a little it's a little scary to think that you know they play on a short week they're headed to Pittsburgh as you mentioned Mariota now their backup quarterback who uh, it looked as if Gruden was you know was content with runners he told us he had some packages in place he wanted to run them comes in with a big pickup for the longest time in that game that was the longest run and that was you know he had just that one run he had more yards than uh, the running backs combined yardage um so, looks like it might be Peterman time to step up in the backup. I doubt that there's a package for him to come in and run some sort of wildcat. Right. But um, they seem confident. You know, and, and if I can, I want to t- just sort of tell a little anecdote here. I, I'll never forget when, you know, a long time ago, in covering high school sports here, one of the kids from a dynasty team, and it, it wasn't a football team, it wasn't a big team, but in that sport it was a major, major team. The Arborview women's soccer team won five straight championships. And I'll never forget one of, the, one of the players coming to me and saying, you know, I don't get it. He's playing a lot of the uh, underclassmen, some of the newcomers. I said, you know what, it's a strategy. 
and I always respected Jay Wright, the Villanova coach, and I told her this story of how during those holiday tournaments in November and December, he would reach down and play numbers 9 and 10 on the bench. And the reason is, is because when you get into the thick of conference play, you want everybody to have experience in the in those hard non-conference games. Don't worry about it. He's just getting some of the younger players some experience. Sure enough, Arborview went on to win the state championship, and I reminded her of that story. Well, one thing that Derek Carr brought up the other day is that, you know, it doesn't matter who's on the line. It doesn't matter who's in the rotation. It doesn't matter who may be in the backfield because that is why we saw during training camp and even, you know, right up to the to the preseason games, Carr running with the threes, threes running with the ones, twos running against this one, this, that. They're all mixed and matched, so they get a feel for what it's like to run the packages that are going to be run, and they get used to it. So at any level, it doesn't matter where you're at, don't get confused when you start seeing backup players participating in here and there. This is why they went through what they went through during training camp, and you saw some of the twos and threes running with the starters. And Derek Carr was confident that that next man up mentality um, it's it's going to be fine, and that you know everybody is going to have to, you know, embrace that mentality when they go to Pittsburgh. So I mean, will they miss some of the players? Are they going to miss Denzel Good? Obviously, yes. Um, are they going to miss Gerald McCoy? He, he, you know, he was a leader. He was he was a, a raw raw guy. He was a veteran. He was someone that came in and sort of instilled a little bit of le- leadership. Sure, they're going to miss those people. Um, Nassib had a big sack in the game. And he was limited in practice today. Um, so those types of players, if they were to miss the game, absolutely, they're going to be missed. But there's enough depth there. And this team has continually talked about the brotherhood. They've talked about the team itself, everybody playing for one another, that I think that they're going to come together and put forth their best effort to make it a competitive game. And they're not going to back down just because the game's on the road and they're playing on a short week. Uh, this first game went on over React. And uh, Max Crosby had a hell of a game, and AFC Defensive Player of the Week. I mean, you mentioned, is he headed toward an all-pro season? I would say pump the brakes, but, hey, if he's in there as a full-time player and he's a guy who can actually rack up 10, 12, 11, maybe go in the right order, 10, 11, 12, 13 sacks, and maybe he has a chance. And, you know, we talked about the fact that he was pretty good his first two years, but actually, I, we, I didn't know, away from the field, he didn't have it together. Now he's got it all together. He's like, I my gas tank now. I can play the entire game. I can go forever. Right. And he, yeah, he said, put him out there for as many reps as he can get. He, you know, this is a guy. He he's he's leaned out. He he moves off the line. I mean, he he looks like a linebacker. His body is phenomenal. His agility is there. He's strong. His his arm movements, his elusive movements. Dude, every- the moves against Villanueva was like back to back plays in the first quarter where he friggin. He sized them up, gets them bodied, and spins inside. Yes. And then next play, it was a speed rush outside. And Villanueva was like, what the hell's going on here? And they work on that constantly. What's crazy is, is you always think of football drills is where they, they line up, and even if it's if it's against another person or a, a, a tackling dummy or or the padded dummy with the arms out, you know, they just go in line one by one by one. No, they, you know, you get to this level, you're doing – reps and they'll do four or five at a time and they do it from different movements and it's not just a matter i mean you will see marinelli get in there and show these guys drop that i mean the littlest adjustments we watch this and we get to watch the defensive line the offensive line because they're closest to the turf or the uh the cement walkway off the turf where the media is allowed to stand and watching these drills for the last six weeks 
um, you'll see him come in and just just make the slightest adjustment. Drop that left shoulder just an inch, just an inch, and at the last second, after you hit, but not before, because one would come in and they would dip just before, and he'd say, okay, once you get in, now dip and then twist and this. I mean, and then you got Gus Bradley coming over and in, and just the encouragement. And these guys are fired up. And Max Crosby is one of the leaders in those drills and one of the guys that is being dependent on. He was chosen as a captain for a reason. And um, he continues to play the way that he plays. He continues to recover. First thing he said, you know, came in, um, in the interview room, is, you know, it's about getting my body right. We already know what we're doing. We've done this for six weeks. Now we just, okay, we, we flushed. He said, I flushed the game. It's, it, that's in the past. We move on to Pittsburgh. Watch the game film the next day. I've already absorbed it. I know what i got to do. My key is to get my body recovered. That's their focus. They've been working for seven, eight weeks plus OTAs. They know what they need to do, their own skills. This is about getting your body right on a short week. Up next, a little college football. We're getting, uh, woo, for this market, disturbing whispers and rumors out there about uh, – the AAC and the Mountain West, one could pull from the other, and uh, no surprise, the rumors right now, of course, have the AAC as the conference that's moving and shaking. 77-cent Bud Light bottles, Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has you hooked up. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7's, it's Cofield and Company. Come on down to Silver 7's, our Thursday spot. Cofield and Company here every Thursday. Appreciate the uh, business throwing the stations away. One of our great partners here on Cofield and Company. Hi, right, Willie. We just had a lucky winner. Yeah. Dude came up. He's like, uh, you got any more of those Iowa State UNLV tickets? I'm like, I do. I do. I'm out, though. I'm out. I got other prizes. I got T-shirts, some other goodies, but... Uh, that's, this is the toughest ticket to get on the UNLV schedule, you know so, what? But so that, he just collected those tickets. And that's why it goes to show that you have to be on time for these remotes. You have to be in <laughs> place when we – you never know where the company's at. Cofield's bringing the company all over town. You have to be there. You have that's, to be that's, here. By the way, that's not a good thing. You never know where the company's at. Maybe we could post that on the website. Ari, let's go. Post that on Twitter now. Every Thursday, I get what you were saying. But, uh, yeah, well, more accurately, uh, I don't know what I have day-to-day in terms of prizes. So – some days we may have a cornucopia. Other days, you know, good prizes, but not the uh, the best stuff. So today we had four pack of those tickets. So we had a lucky winner, uh, dude who works over at uh, at Caesars. Right, Mountain West Conference. Man, I never got to do this rant last week because we got squeezed at the end of the week. But you could see it coming. So the way we're set up here, that was such a massive story. Uh, it's now about eight, nine days old. Such a massive story that came down with the Big Twelve aggressively pursuing, reaching out, and agreeing to bring in BYU, Cincy, Central Florida, and Houston. Right. It's a whole new world for those schools. It is, a you know, all four, prayers answered, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're on the outside looking in, unless you're Notre Dame, it's the haves and the have-nots. And BYU does have a lot of money, so maybe it's a rare case. But BYU, last year showed, you have no shot to make the college football playoff. None. None. Like, even if you go unbeaten, they're still going to piss all over your schedule, Right. You have no shot. Those four schools now have a shot. Uh, three of the four schools are now going to get the money they need. They're gonna. They're not going to get you know thirty five million that the Big Twelve was getting before. The new Big Twelve deal will probably get them more like eighteen to twenty three million dollars a school, which is still really good. It's better than the Mountain West, which is at like three and a half to four million. You can see haves, have nots. They're in. Those schools are in. So now 
you have the Mountain West and the AAC are the next best conferences. Yeah. And the AAC is run by people who are aggressive. And I thought about it a week ago. I'm like, here we go. Because while people in the Mountain West, Willie, are like, oh, go grab this school, that school, this school. They ain't going to grab anything. And now, listen, maybe I don't know what's going on around the Mountain West. Maybe they do have some grand plan. Well, whether these are rumors being floated or it's close, people are saying AAC is focused on recruiting a group of schools that includes Air Force, Boise, Colorado State, San Diego State, UAB, Nevada, nope, not Nevada, U- nope, not UNLV. Again, Air, F- Air Force, mm. Boise, mm. Colorado State, San Diego State, UAB. Three of those make sense to me. Outside, when you're talking, when you, by excluding UNLV and UNR, three of those make sense. But the other two? Yeah. Um, and this, now here's the thing. This has been an underlying rivalry conference versus conference for quite some time okay you and i have some ties to the mountain west conference we know a lot of people i have been told years ago years ago when they come here for the basketball tournament about the aac and um there is a lot of disdain it is not a you know there is not a mutual respect among the administrations I know that for a fact, and as you say, these are the next best conferences in that group of five. In reality, the Mountain West has always felt inferior because of how the AAC has presented itself, made itself feel, um, marketed itself on social media, somewhat bragged about itself being right there with the Power Fives, um, challenging in games, both in college football and college basketball. Uh, this is not a surprise to me, and it's not a surprise that they would raid the um, the Mountain West Conference. And with the money that's going to be involved, that they would score teams such as Boise State, San Diego State, and UAB. I think that those three are, are you know, I mean, Colorado State and Air Force, I, I, I guess they're attractive to them. But those three right there, I could see. Bo- well, I, I think could, they're what they believe is. That with Air Force and um, Colorado State, they get the Denver market. They the, don't the really, Mountain but the Mountain argument Mountain. could yeah. be from people that uh, you you could bring in UNLV, but are you really getting the Las Vegas market? I mean, I think you are, but there are some people who are like, yeah, it's they've you know the school unfortunately has fallen so far behind all the major league sports that maybe outside the market people don't know about the interest in UNLV here. Yeah, I, that, and it's kind of surprising because if, if we were to go back maybe four or five years, I might understand this this move or this, you know, uh, leaving it out. Mm-hmm. But um, the the fact that they now, with where Las Vegas is at, right, and, and, and the ties to Major so much. sports, uh, venues. Allegi- right, yeah. that's a big thing. I mean, Hot place for sports in general, Pac-12 games coming here, kickoff game to begin the season at the stadium. Uh, it's going to be a bigger and bigger college presence. We know conference tournaments already. Yep. Um, you know they've been here forever. We're going to get regionals and eventually a Final Four. So, um, I'll, you know what? I'll have some answers or at least some possible solutions. And it's a lot of guesswork on you know how UNLV should be in the mix and and who needs to be moving on this whole thing. Uh, on the way back, we're going to get to uh, Xavier Pope. He joins us every week at this time at 
Silver 7s. We're going to talk a little baseball, believe it or not, as I get on the Mets fans and the way they've treated Javi Baez. And then we got some fights in the entertainment world. My God, Nicki Minaj and all that's going on with our social media. It's nuts. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Hey, it's Tyler from the Press Box. Football season is back, and so is our free football contest. Every Friday, you'll have a chance to win 100 bucks just by picking a few winners. It's our free football contest sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans of up to $5,000. Go to don'tbebroke.com. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield & Company. Thursday, Silver 7s is the site. Bring in our legal analysts on Thursdays, cultural analysts as well. we got a lot of stuff to get to with Xavier Pope. Let's start out with one of the big stories here in Vegas. The Raiders win against the Ravens. Really good win. Carl Nassib was a star and very clutch down the stretch. And I didn't hear a whole lot about the narrative of him being the first gay player in the NFL. Was that actually a mistake? Should we have called more attention to it? Or is it good that we're kind of normalizing it? I think that it was big in the time that he came out. I think that was the big moment as opposed to him having a big moment in a big game. I think that, that it's it's a good thing. It's, it's just like I think about this just the way we think about college athletes getting paid. Once the door opened, then no one seemed to care. It was, oh, okay, it's just a regular thing. And I think that, you know, no one cares what anyone's sexuality is. We've seen, you know, the VMAs, uh, Lil Nas X clean up for a video that, that was uh, focusing on he has an album that comes out tomorrow Montero I think that we've moved really rapidly in our society in terms of LGBTQ plus um, acceptance that it just it's just changed so fast in the last five years I think that's why it's not been a big as big a deal that people maybe thought it might be and I don't know who those people who 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 they are but I don't see anyone saying, oh, we should bring more attention to this or what happened. Like, there's n- none of that. It's just, okay, it was a great play. Won the game. Raiders win. Did uh, guys like Jason Whitlock get after ESPN for the way they covered it? No. I, mean, I read an article by Jason Whitlock, probably the most the most reasonable article I've ever seen Jason Whitlock ever write. Yeah, progress. And, 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 which, which was even surprising. He said, you know, ESPN didn't make it like Jackie Robinson. Or, or Hank Aaron hit, hitting a home run to break Babe Ruth's home run record because he said, well, Carl Nassib and maybe the Raiders maybe have openly said, hey, don't make a big deal out of this. And we don't know if he actually did that. But, hey, the the difference was that Carl Nassib could actually play. Um, the issues that were surrounding Michael Sam getting drafted, we lived in a different society then. And it's, it's, it's interesting how fast, how things have changed um, from then. And it also was a... It was not only Michael Sam and his sexuality. It was the, he was drafted so late, the seventh round in the draft, and he uh, then there were conversations around his him being undersized, and, and then him eventually not uh, catching on in the league. So there were some issues around, like maybe some justice around how he was treated. Where Carl Nassib is a, is a solid football player. Xavier Pope is with us here on Cofield and Company. Uh, we always like to talk TV and uh, the uh, movers and shakers and moves that are being made at places like ESPN. So uh, they have an opening since they moved on from uh, Rachel Nichols on NBA Countdown. Uh, L. Duncan or Michael Eaves could be candidates. And I saw that uh, the uh, site that's run by uh, Doc Clay Travis was getting on ESPN saying, why would you put Duncan and Eaves in uh, when they're – folks who also have t- 
toxic relationships around the building. Sir, take. They have, I mean, these guys are just a bunch of idiots writing. I, I don't really respect anything they ever put out. I mean, there, there's no one who can, is going to say that they, they bullied Sage Steele. And Eves and Duncan are, they're, they're really good friends with each other. They, they play off each other well. I've attended events like the ESPN Mentorship Breakfast with the National Association of Black Journalists where they MC together. Their chemistry is undeniable. Um, they deserve that spot. They've been there for years. Abe L. Duncan just signed a new contract with ESPN. Michael Eves is doing his thing. He's even done golf. I mean, these are these are flagships of that the network, and all of that is just a bunch of uh, more white white male grievance in the sports realm for outkick the coverage, and they find any reason to be upset. Ridiculous. Let's flip in a completely different direction. I want to talk about your hometown, Chicago. Uh, kind of interesting. The mayor apparently was throwing out an idea to sue gangs and go after their profits. Is this going to work? <laughs> she talked about asset forfeiture um, for gangs. And what pro- street gangs in Chicago aren't, you know, or owning all types of property and, and having traceable records and all of that. I think it's absurd. And there is an, there is an article that's been written by the, the Chicago Sun-Times editorial board just this morning. Um, saying that she really doesn't know what she's doing and she's lost control of how to fix gang and violence problems in Chicago. And I, I, I tend to agree with the, the Chicago Sun-Times editorial board. I don't think that she really knows exactly how to properly address the issue. I don't think asset forfeiture is going to discourage gang violence. I mean, it, that's, and that's a completely separate issue, selling drugs and shooting people on the street. They, those issues are really not related um, at all, per se. And, I, and random acts of violence that maybe kill kids and all that. I just think that she she doesn't really have a really full handle on what's going on. She's an unpopular mayor in the city. On all across all groups, whether it's conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, white, black, South Side, North Side, she's really unpopular in the city right now. Did she specify gangs? Because I think a really interesting angle on this one. If they did do it, how far back could they go? Uh, you do know the Bosa brothers who play in the NFL are descendants of the guy who was the right-hand man of Al Capone, who eventually ran the syndicate for 30 years, would they go after the Bosa brothers? <laughs> I, 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 probably not. Uh, you, 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 you get what I'm getting at here, right? When we, talk about, yeah. when we talk about gangs, we think of one thing, and we don't think yeah. about the other gangs because we've, in a lot of ways, glamorized the... Uh, the mafia, the Italian mafia, and there are, you know, there are people who are fourth and fifth generation Italians who are still benefiting from the monies that their great grandparents got in organized crime. Yeah, I think that how organized crime is perceived in our society is like almost like a glamorization of that that style. You know, people talk about Chicago, there are tours, Al Capone tours. We have tours here. They, we have tours of Vegas. They, yeah, it is a place that you like, wait a minute, like these are people who kill people. Who, who did a lot of really terrible things and were glamorizing. So we look at this, that style of violence and, oh, that's something that's great to pay tourist dollars from, but we see another type of violence and it's it's looked as a different way. It's just a weird thing. Um, I don't think that this is going to be particularly effective. Um, I think that there's going to be some multiple, there's a multi-pronged solutions that they're going to have to come out from the community, from law enforcement, um, from the community itself to be able to solve the issues of, of, of violence in the city. This is a beautiful city. I want to make sure I say this. This is a beautiful city. It is. And it's a great city. It's a clean city. It's a great food. I live in a great area. And we have too many, too much of mainstream press that's focused on some of the bad things about the city. 
instead of some of the great, great things about our city. Uh, let's hit a couple of racial stories of the week. Uh, first of all, what are racist sweatpants? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? I, I saw this. I'm like, I am completely confused. Yeah, uh, I, Balenciaga, uh, you know, popular fashion brand. They came out with these eleven over eleven hundred dollar pants. First of all, who's paying eleven hundred dollars for sweatpants? Dude? Yeah, yeah. I, we, I think I've paid more than forty bucks for sweatpants. We had a whole discussion about it a month ago because uh, I was watching a show with some comedians who were raving that uh, they they've got like one hundred thirty dollars sweatpants and they're like the greatest thing ever to fly in. But yeah, one thirty is one thing. Uh, eleven hundred is. But why are they racist? Explain that to me. What's the deal? Well, they they were supposedly in a style of a double waisted where where they show boxers essentially on the top and, and to basically mimic hip hop culture, which was ultimately based off jail culture. So some of this sagging pants and that was people saw that as racist, almost twelve hundred bucks for these pants. I think that's the sillier thing is that these and the pants look ridiculous. Like who would wear these? <laughs> Who's wearing these pants? Who's yep. gonna pay twelve hundred bucks for these pants, Steve? Ooh, wow. You? When they hit thrift stores and they're eighty bucks, I'll do it. Eighty? Yeah, I want to show off my keister. <laughs> I just used the word keister, so clearly I come from a certain background. You got to tell me what exploded this week with Nicki Minaj and Joy Reid, and we got Uncle Tom this, and what the hell is happening? I think society's lost its mind, Steve. Maybe it's the being inside. Maybe it's all the crazy stuff that's happened. But oh, pop star, right? Hip hop artist Nicki Minaj. You know, she tweeted several things on her timeline. Basically, one was about the the balls, the swollen balls of her co- of her cousin's friend, and this wise marriage was called off, and the people were claiming that that was actually chlamydia or STD, and that she was making it up, and then she was she was a part of vaccine disinformation, and then um, the right jumped on it. Um, like Tucker Carlson, uh, Candace Owens, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, all these nut jobs jumped on it. But Joy Reid put a segment out on her show saying, hey, I'm a fan. You know, you're putting out this disinformation. You have to be careful because of the platform you have. You have over 22 million followers. And then Nicki Minaj, she went full Kwame Brown. And she decided to just flame on anybody yeah. who criticized her about this, including calling Joy Reid Uncle Tamiana. And then she posted a, a, a picture of the screenshot of, 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 of Joy Reid basically talking about some vaccine hesitancy as it relates to Joe, Joe, Joe Biden. After Donald Trump and what he's done, what he had done to society, and it was, a, I think it was December or something to that effect, side by side with some of the issues that were surrounding. Um, so, an old blog post that she posted. Um, so, she went pretty much nuclear on her and she's continued. But then, uh, but that really doesn't take away from the fact that that doesn't really relate to the fact that you're on social media. And then she lied about Twitter shutting her account down when they Twitter spokesperson said they didn't shut her account down. And so then the White House, you know, she asked, they said she was invited to the White House. So the White House said that we they, they invited her for a phone call. And so there's consternation about from her. She put on her Instagram uh, last night that why would she lie about the White House? And so she's in a lot of hot water in terms of how she's presenting herself because she represents a lot of people who are fans that are young, that are that are of various backgrounds that you just can't be out here just saying whatever you want without any evidence or, or fact. And you, have, you even had Trinidad, where she's from, yep. post, you know, post in saying that the case that she brought about her, the, the cousin's friend getting vaccinated and having swollen balls wasn't true. And then, so it just, it just be kind of spiraled out of control. And 
Nicki Minaj is being used by the right to be able to push more further vaccine hesitancy was Delta cases surging. We don't need more people putting this out. Rely on scientists, professionals, you know, not your research, quote unquote. I got I got a text message today, Steve. From so, I, someone said they didn't trust, didn't know the ingredients of the COVID nineteen vaccine. I sent them ingredients of the COVID nineteen vaccine. They text me back and says, "Now I have to research every single ingredient." I'm like, "Okay, so have you researched every cold medicine you ever taken? Any processed food you ever had?" I mean, people are making excuses for not taking the vaccine. Just say you don't want to take it. Don't come up with all this other craziness that that spreads disinformation in society. That's the problem we have. And speaking of, we've talked about the Raiders, we talked about Carl Nassib, but we talked about the Raiders have done in their stadium, but NFL has led the league in COVID uh, in terms of mitigation. I mean, we don't give enough props to the National Football League. With 93.5% of its players vaccinated, 27, I talked about this in the last episode of Suit Up News, over tw- 27 teams with over 90% of their players Vaccinated. The NFL should be applauded for this. Yeah, they've had some issues with the social justice measures and that. And there's some things around that with Colin Kaepernick uh, not playing, Eric Reed not playing. We saw Kenny Stills get signed a couple of days ago by the Saints. But the NFL needs to get applauded for leading the society on uh, COVID mitigation. It comes down to money, right? Money and profits. We're seeing corporations around the country like you're not messing. Uh, you want to fight for freedom uh, and you want to do research. You're not messing with our bottom line profits because we got killed a year ago. Let's close on a couple exactly. of sports notes with Xavier Pope. All right, this is a, an old discussion, uh, but looky here. Uh, uh, the Mets fans. Uh, now they like Javier Baez hitting game-winning home runs. I'm telling you right now, uh, if I could get in touch with uh, Baez and his agent, please leave New York when you're a free agent <laughs> and not only leave, but make sure that on the way out you say, the reason I'm leaving is you are clowns who turned on me. You don't back your players. And I would also point out, again, the dopey new owner, Steve Cohen, you didn't have my back, so guess what? I'm leaving, and on top of that, I'm leaving for less money. Up yours. Meanwhile, Steve Cohen is on Twitter right now, ranting and raving, <laughs> because he uh, there was a discussion about having anger issues, but that he's screaming on Twitter. Maybe I shouldn't be pointing the finger at Steve Cohen, huh? <laughs> exactly. We share we share those similarities. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I mean, you have some point about Javier Baez. He was here in Chicago. People in Chicago loved Javier Baez. He yep. hustled every day, played every day. I mean, just a guy who showed up, uh, Javier Baez, a guy who showed up every single day to play the game of baseball, entertaining. He met fans with one of them in New York. Now, I was leaving New York when there's a lot of money tied to off the field things he could do. I don't necessarily say he should do that per se. But right now, the fans went from thumbs down to thumbs up. And that shows you how fickle sometimes some fan bases could be. But what if the Mets wind up making the playoffs? They may not, probably. But they make the playoffs. And what are they going to What They should send him a giant card. Like, we're sorry, Javier Baez. Right. Tell people what's on Suit Up News. Uh, we're talking about latest uh, the, the machinations that are going on with with COVID and sports, uh, and uh, just go to hashtag Suit Up News and follow me on my timeline on Twitter at Xavier Pope E X A V I E R P O P E. Check out the latest episode. All right, have a good weekend. We'll see you. You too, man. Xavier Pope, right here on Cofield and Company in his Thursday spot. Our Thursday spot every week. 
is Silver Sevens. We got a football game tonight with the Giants and the football team. And this place has the best drink specials in town. Every NFL game this season, 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra. So get on down here to check out the Thursday night football game. On the way back, our football frenzy. And we'll get into this ongoing discussion about Derek Carr and if he's moved into elite status. We're talking top seven quarterback in the NFL. Watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles.